Welcome to Slingshot by Arkham Ventures. On this podcast, we curate conversations with product experts about the processes and ideas that make modern day product management tick. Tune in every fortnight to listen to our latest episode. Join our Substack mailing list at slingshot.substack.com to stay informed about the latest release. Without further ado, let's dive in and listen to our guests. Hi, so on Slingshot today, we would like to welcome Deepit Purkaista. Deepit is the co-founder of InShots, the uh, massively used media company. Uh, last time we checked, having 3 billion page views a month, we don't have updated numbers, but uh, Deepit has built, it, built this company right out of uh, his undergrad at IIT Kharagpur, where he did his uh, master's and bachelor's in computer science. Uh, and um, incidentally, Dipit and I go back to the same uh, high school in Dehradun, uh, where he did his 10th from, which is St. Joseph's. So it's wonderful to have somebody who's also from Dehradun on the show today. Dipit, welcome to Slingshot. Thanks a lot, Rahul. Uh, and it was a really kind introduction. And uh, definitely, we are trying to make one of the game-changing media companies uh, in India. But media's definition entirely has changed over the last 20 years uh, because of internet social media and everything. So yeah, happy to delve into what it means. Uh, and uh, great to know about uh, our Dehradun Josephite connection as well. And thanks, Prashant, for inviting me as well. Pleasure. Looking forward to talking. So um, I guess, Dipit, where we really want to start from is uh, um, to get a little bit more idea. While you're a media company, um, what we know about news and shorts is not that much. So we'd love to start off from, you know, just... Uh, the size, scope, scale of the company. Uh, where are you now in terms of number of people, number of people in the product team, audience, if you, whatever you can share publicly on this? Understood, understood. So uh, just taking a step back, uh, we are known mainly for uh, the first product that we had launched uh, roughly, uh, we are in the eighth year of that product currently, which is in shorts, uh, which is a news aggregator app. Uh, and uh, we have, been uh, uh, in the market for uh, like publicly in the market for about roughly seven and a half years now. And uh, uh, that's the brand name we know us by because that's the product that everyone uses uh, in our peer circles. Uh, but recently we've uh, also launched another product called Public, which is a hyper-local video first social network for the Bharat audience. And uh, if you want to, it's like a Twitter plus video first Twitter is how we look at it, where hyper-local influencers uh, create content and engage with their hyper-local communities uh, through video first content. Uh, so across these both products, uh, we are touching roughly uh, 50 million MAUs currently. And, uh, uh, and we have a very uh, interesting story on each of the products. Uh, so... Interestingly, when we launched InShorts, uh, we didn't have uh, a lot of understanding about the smartphone audience or the smartphone boom that's going to come. So we la- launched with a Facebook page and that kind of uh, gave us a lot of validation initially. So we have always been, the DNA of our company has always been testing products uh, in a very frugal way and focusing on the core 
uh, use case and validating that core use case really early on. So um, over the years, when we started scaling in shorts, uh, by the time we were in 2018, we uh, turned profitable uh, in 2017. And in 2018, we started really scaling well in terms of revenues and profits, and we were generating EBITDAs on the insurance business. Uh, so uh, 2018 is when we started to understand that uh, if we wanted to, and insurance was a primarily uh, English-driven audience, a kind of business. Uh, so it was an interesting time for us to uh, choose how to allocate that extra capital that we are creating into the company in terms of cash flows. And we decided let's experiment some interesting products for the Bharat audience. And across multiple experiments, we kind of figured out that this um, hyper-local video uh, uh, demand was really, really high. And there was no one serving that market. And that's where public was born. Uh, so just to give you an idea of how we've grown during COVID times, broadly speaking, is that just before COVID, public and insurance both had equal number of uh, MAUs. As of today, public has almost four to five times the number of MAUs as compared to insurance. Uh, just because of the spike in demand and uh, lack of any availability of hyperlocal content for the entire India, although they had internet, but they did not know what's happening in their neighborhood when COVID kind of pushed everyone to their homes. So that's broadly our journey, and that's broadly the scale that we are in right now and happy to kind of delve further. Yeah, Dipper, a little bit on the starting. So you guys, um, how did you come up with the idea? Did you did this right after your undergrad? Um, yeah. So how did the idea yeah. came about? So Azhar, uh, myself and Anunay, so we knew each other from our uh, college days and uh, we, we tried doing uh, different kinds of stints and we were the startup kind people at that point of time, really, um, uh, uh, you can say, awestruck by... Uh, Sachin Bansal's of the world and seeing how Flipkart was getting created, it was really exciting to watch uh, as students uh, at IITs. And th there was a very, the, the, in, in fact, the culture at IITs also was starting to churn, you know, like um, uh, at that, that was the first time when the colleges had entrepreneurship cells getting created, the mm -hmm. workshops getting organized, startup community was investing back by giving back to the IIT community. So it was an interesting time. And um, so at that point of time, Azhar and I, Azhar was in IIT Delhi. I was in IIT Kharagpur, but we both studied in Delhi. So we were constantly in touch that, yaar, kuch to karna hai. And ek bar humne bola ki, yaar, aise, matlab, do jage baitke to nahi ho paega. Interestingly, aaj ke din mein sab log alag alag jage baitke kaam kar rahe. But we both thought ki, nahi yaar, let's take a sabbatical for one year and let's uh, give a 100% to this. So we actually, so Azhar completely dropped out. Uh, and uh, after his fourth year, uh, and I happened to complete my degree, my last year, so we were both in five-year programs. Uh, uh, so this was Azhar's idea that, okay, like uh, we were working on multiple things. So Azhar kind of said, Ki, yaar, news maybe short maybe test karna and when, then we launched our Facebook page, got to a good amount of traction and went through, okay, let's productify this. So that's how it came about. And it was in 2013. And so right after we launched somewhere in on 1st of april in fact there's a story behind that we said yeah first april ko launch karte hai kyunki thoda sa wacky type ka idea lag raha hai agar uh -huh. fail ho gaya to bol denge yaar april ko joke tha to so aise karke start start kiya but chal gaya thoda sa so uh, by the time we were in july and our mm -hmm. college was opening up again so we thought yaar parents ko kaise bolenge ki yaar nahi jana hai college 
सो कहीं तो अप्लाई कुछ तो वैलिडेशन चाहिए कुछ तो दिखाना है पेरेंट्स को तो हमने बोला चलो यार ये एक्सलेटर प्रोग्राम में अप्लाई करते हैं तो दो तीन एक्सलेटर प्रोग्राम में अप्लाई किया टी लैब्स वॉज हैप्पी टू बैक सो वी ज्वाइन दैम तो पेरेंट्स को दिखाने के लिए कुछ हो गया भाई देखो टी लैब्स ने बैक किया न्यूज की कंपनी बन रही है तो टाइम्स ने बैक किया तो इट वॉज समथिंग टू शो फॉर सो देन वी वर एबल टू काइंड ऑफ कन्विंस दैम सो दैट्स हाउ वी स्टार्टेड Mm-hmm. and uh, tell us a bit about your funding in general i mean t labs backing uh, but they didn't back you for your seed round uh, even though there was a lot of synergy uh, so, so no, where so, did you yeah, where did yeah. you raise your early capital from how did that happen yeah so i think the definition of seed and the quantum of seed and series has changed mm-hmm. from when we started so yeah. when we started our first round of investment was from t labs accelerator their terms were 10 lakh rupees for 10% and that's where we started with uh then we raised a subsequent angel round which was a 1.5 crore round in which times participated uh tiger okay. like uh, times internet participated uske mm-hmm. baad when tiger came in with a series a check uh that is the time they decided to exit the company and uh, they made a very good return as far mm-hmm. as uh, yeah so like we still have very cordial relationships with them everybody like i can still go to times internet and like walk into Uh, Puneet Gupta's office, and he'll be happy to have a chat. So, that, and uh, both Abhishek and uh, Puneet and everyone, like Vitain, has now mm-hmm. moved on. But they mm-hmm. have been really good mentors for us, uh, their entire team. In our fantastic, fantastic. And the other thing we noticed is that when you were getting your first institutional funding, right, this uh, global comp circa shut shop. Yeah, yeah. So, did it have any impact on your fundraising? Did it uh, cast a cloud? uh so um uh, as far as i remember when we were uh, raising uh, our series a series b round i think what we were i think very fortunate uh, to see that there lots of investors were valuing us for the traction that we were getting even though we were we did not have revenues at that point of time and it was it is these was early days of consumer tech in india like people didn't see non revenue companies early stages raising a lot of funds like i don't remember any company at that point of time with uh, zero revenues they were able to get any kind of funding uh, so but we obviously that was a challenge because it was not very acceptable in the market consumer tech was not known understood really well uh, but we got sufficient number of good interests in the market and frankly like people didn't know about circa in india like uh, mm-hmm. people knew about samli uh, which was a company that was acquired for about 30 million by yahoo and uh, so that was the only thing that people had in their mind but uh, mm-hmm. they didn't know about circa uh, but a lot of people who were product enthusiasts and uh, who knew about what's happening in the new space they knew about circa so we definitely did get questions that okay sarka says that their unit economics is does not working why do you think it will work for you so i think the simple answer that we used to give them was that the entire um uh you know like marketing to indian audiences and serving the indian audiences was much cheaper uh and the scale of indian audiences that is available like i can serve 2 million people 5 million people with us with a very short it's a thousand stories can easily serve like 2 million people in india right so uh, the the entire demand supply kind of equation is much more suited for indian market as compared to a us market obviously uh, i also understand that unit economics is sometimes also a matter of what scale are you talking about 
uh, unit economy is not independent of scale for consumer tech, right? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I think um, maybe Sarka, if they would have got uh, a good backer, they might have also succeeded. So it's not, I can't say, I don't know the retention numbers, right, right, right. Predict, but uh, I think that being in India was definitely an advantage. Um, and the media industry in general, right? I think if you compare it to other other sectors, other industries, this whole digital transformation, mm -hmm. the one industry that seems to be struggling to adopt and you know evolve, mm -hmm. uh, barring some paywall that some companies have uh, come up with, but the others are still struggling to make the transformation. Mm -hmm. Any quick views on why the sector is so slow to adopt and and transform themselves? Um, I personally think that there are multiple reasons. Obviously, I can only touch upon them on the surface because mm -hmm. there are uh, better people in the industry to comment on those issues. Uh, right. But I personally think that the way the media industry was structured in India uh, was very much uh, dependent on two, th two factors. Mm -hmm. Number one was uh, the brand name that... Uh, newspaper or a news channel carries, right? Uh, because of which they get access to sources of news. What I meant, what I mean by sources of news is like, if I want to interview uh, the finance minister of the country, I may not have that access hmm. that a bigger brand of news channel might get, right? So that's the, that's the first thing. And the second thing that they were, they got really, and this was not a, a one-time uh, Thing. It happened gradually. Most Indian uh, periodicals and newspapers started getting really heavily dependent on government advertising mm. uh, as a source of revenue. So I think that created a very vicious cycle of structure and uh, cooperation between various stakeholders in the ecosystem, which created a problem, uh, mm. which was not easy to change. Uh, so as you would have seen that it has been much easier for digital first uh, publishers currently in the market mm -hmm. to go for paywalls, create a digital brand and get subscriptions as compared to a traditional media transitioning into a digital first approach. Who have, whoever has done that well has been able to do well. Like for example, I see ET Prime doing quite well as compared yeah. to say the Ken as well, right? The Ken is mm -hmm. also doing well. So I think... Uh, it's still early days, I would mm -hmm. say, but uh, I think it's just about ki, matlab, if someone who has to transition a th thousand crore revenue business to mm -hmm. a short term, for the short term, they want to transition to 500 crore revenue business with some profits. I think it's a difficult decision, right? Like, so we yeah, should it's not, like a big shift to turn. Yeah. It's a big shift, right? So we can't mm -hmm. really criticize them. They want to perpetuate their current revenue structure. So mm -hmm. uh, it's really difficult. I yep. can imagine yep. how it must be for them. Is it a fair assumption, fair interpretation of what you just said that access was the differentiating factor and uh, for digital first company like yours, there was some kind of access was democratized by something like ANI, PTI and other agencies and all. So is it a fair interpretation of what you're saying? Um, so I think for us, I would uh, take this question in two uh, kind of prongs. One is uh, what was the advantage for us? And mm. the second is um, how access, uh, how digital uh, kind of mediums or internet enabled mediums mm. changed the definition of access altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, on the first thing, I think uh, what we realized was that the gap in the industry was not 
a lot of times about breaking news like when everybody was fighting fighting for breaking news so much the mm-hmm. gap emerged where there were a, there was a large chunk of audience who was feeling left out ki bhai mere ko itna sara content mat do don't give me so much content just tell me what is the important things don't give me too much opinion which i can't understand can't interpret on a daily basis just tell me what are the facts what i should know make it simple for me so that use case nobody was catering to because their entire business model was around ki who is going to have what is my front page going to look tomorrow you know so they transitioned with that same kind of mindset into digital as well that what is going to be my front page tomorrow and also i think digital had different kinds of perversive uh, perverse kind of uh, incentives for example that everything about seo right so it suddenly became about what keywords are you bidding for what kind of audience exists so you kind of get started getting driven by volumes rather than quality you know uh, to get digital advertising so i think both of this kind of affected uh, them uh, uh, and coming to the sec- uh, uh, second part was that in terms of um, access i think social media was a big revolution right like people preferred uh, people so if i am an influencer or a celebrity in india right i know that if i talk to say a journalist or someone who has access to some portal and my words get twisted and it gets contextualized in some other way what is my incentive to talk to that person and not inculcate my own fan base on an instagram or twitter right so i think the definition of access changed completely because of social media and uh, i think that was a fundamental shift uh, that uh, publishers were unable to anticipate or move fast enough to keep pace with so in given those constraint how do you kind of demarcate the lines along, around which you build your product so do you see yourself as a aggregator or do you see yourself as a curator uh, do you see yourself as a publisher it's like so what actually, is the definition of product here yeah so for i think uh, it so we are a product company that is very mm-hmm. uh, we know very well that we are a product first company mm-hmm. and product here just not uh, does not necessarily mean the technology aspect of the product product also means how what is the packaging of the content that is there on your uh, on your app right whether uh, i am talking about a very social media oriented approach like the public app or whether we talk about a very aggregator oriented approach like in shorts right uh, on in shorts you and i can't go and publish something right uh but the source of the stories is still not inshorts itself the source of the stories are publishers and inshorts doesn't take a call on what needs to be published and what doesn't need to be published inshorts has a group of partners whom they partner with who are legally allowed to publish news in india who have a decent brand name people follow them people read them people mm-hmm. trust them mm-hmm. and these people publish the stories it comes onto the portal gets automatically ranked based on the users preferences Mm-hmm. and some amount of uh, broad uh, say Im- uh, importance uh, categories for example even if a user is not interested in the prime minister's speech but it is a, something of national importance right so someone should uh, kind of go and see what the prime minister is saying or listen to what the prime minister is saying whether they agree or disagree right so i think these are the uh, uh, broad ways in which we have structured the algorithms that 
okay you have to personalize but at the same time you have to keep uh, a check on what is important and obviously 80% weightage is given to the personal interest of the user so so that product is very differently structured as compared to say a public app where we are creating more than 1.2 million unique hyper local videos are being created on the platform by uh, like almost 50000 creators across districts so uh, these are people whom uh, who have uh, for the first time gotten an audience on the digital platform to communicate with their neighborhood right so i think uh, the way we see these two products are very different at the heart our organization is a product company and trying to serve the uh, what i would say uh, content consumption needs of india we are not very entertainment first we are definitely information first but we have a very wide definition of information in our mind so if i understand it right in case of in short uh, is it a fair characterization if i say you are an aggregator and curator and yeah. in case of uh, public you are a publisher Outright. no so in case of public we are a completely social media product social so we, media. yeah okay. yeah so okay. we would not see ourselves as a publisher at all in fact we've gone the uh-huh. other way okay. uh, on in shorts uh, i think uh, the aggregate all the news vertical is completely aggregator based mm-hmm. uh, or the uh, i would say there are a lot of educational content also on the platform because mm-hmm. uh, what we've learned from our user studies is that our user also wants to learn and get more and more knowledgeable about the world for example people know about cli- people hear about climate change mm. but they don't know enough about climate change mm. you know people hear about uh, uh, say the lack of gender inclusion in our society right mm. but people don't know about it enough and mm. people so various parts of the economy various parts of the finance financial system so people want to come people also come to in shorts to learn something new which has been in fact we did a poll recently on both our app and in our social media profiles uh, to ask that why do you consume news right mm-hmm. and more than and there were four options and the largest voted option which got 51% of the votes was that they want to learn something new so in news has also got redefined currently people are reading news and uh, content online to start to to basically their motivation is to learn something new and also not waste time reading too much op-eds too much opinions analysis they want to make their own opinions so i think that's the essence uh, essential change that we have seen in our user base and like uh, before we move into product team and greater nuance of the product organization Uh, so do you share revenue with your content partner what is the economy like yeah, there? yeah. so uh, we we work with a uh, in a model where uh, every or the every link every click that we generate for our content partners mm-hmm. they get to monetize it 100% so okay. there is no uh, yeah so they But have there is only syndication fees there is no like sourcing fees you know yes yes so they get to get 100% advertising revenue so if you open the full story on our app for a particular shot you will mm-hmm. see that the ads of the original publisher show on the screen so they get to get 100% revenue from that so uh, that's our basic business model and we try to uh, generate enough traffic for uh, these publishers Deepit, just moving on to the product part of uh, InShorts. Wanted to understand how does your product organization look like? How is it structured, and uh, how many PMs do you have? Yeah. So um, in 
on that field i think we are very unique in terms of the fact that we don't have any pms in our company and it is a very much uh, a founder driven exercise and it's azhar and me uh, taking the product calls completely it's a very uh, it's something that is very close to us and we like to kind of do it ourselves uh, but we have empowered our technology team and our design team to act as pms in their own capacity so uh, our data team uh data analytics and data science technology and design team are very very close and work very closely with us and uh, they have as much power uh, as a product manager would have in a more mature company they are happy to suggest features they are happy to analyze features get the data that they want and uh, pitch for them uh, whenever uh, it makes sense so it's a very um, i would say collaborative co-creationary process Uh, but we don't have any product managers as such uh, so i think that's uh, that's something unique that we have tried to experiment and it has worked out well so far for us uh, it has been slightly slow in terms of implementation of features uh, but in the longer run what we felt is that uh, it's uh, it's better to launch something that uh, it's better to experiment and validate something that you believe in rather than uh, val- like just trying stuff for the heck of it because uh, what we've uh, figured out is that uh, once your core use case is working out you know once you have a very core use case that people are coming back to you on a daily basis uh, it's important to figure out how to augment that in a better way rather than just trying like 10 things you know because a lot of times uh, unsaid things happen on the platform which are diff- very difficult to predict in advance right so for example uh, leading indic when you do a new experiment all your leading indicators are very easy to predict your d1 d2 d3 d7 d14 tak aap bahut easily predict kar lenge yep. but suppose uh, your till your m1 is good but how, suppose what you just implemented your m3 is to m1 ratio suddenly changes right so that is very hard to predict in the first month of a uh, of a release and you can't wait for something for very long uh and if you actual waiting for so long then like you have as it is kind of decrease the speed of your implementation right so uh, uh so we are very uh, slow in terms of product features when it comes to consumer side changes but on the back end side we are very much uh, we have a very high kind of uh, deployment frequency so we have gone very heavy and gungho heavy kind of in the in our back end content management system so we do not use any third party content management system we have built our own content management system uh, for our uh, moderators on public for our internal uh, uh, internal content analysts and everyone so our uh, entire team is very much empowered with a lot of data and the entire uh, process has been very much uh, digitally automated and augmented so in fact that was one of the reasons that we were able to transition to a work from home scenario in a really fast way obviously onboarding new people etc has been a challenge during covid but apart from that running processes running the business has been much more easier for us because everything was already digital already on the cloud and custom built by our own team uh, to serve our own teams interests you know so how to manage everything from the back end so we have been deploying things uh, almost at uh, a weekly level uh, since a really long time and uh, uh, so we have not gone for 
uh, very uh, structured agile kind of processes uh, we know that it works but since our team has been very close in terms of our working style uh, it has been a small team we hadn't we didn't feel the need to kind of implement that kind of a structure uh, so our product pipeline etc were got it got implemented whatever we wanted got implemented in a reasonable time and we didn't feel the need to it need to do it i'm sure as we scale our product team going forward it will it will not scale the way we are doing it right now uh, but as of now it has worked well for us uh, so that's where uh, we are in terms of the team size i think our tech team is roughly 20 25 member team and uh, our design team was a two three member team uh, up to a certain point of time uh, this is on the product design side and uh, on the product management side we don't have anyone except azhar and me so it's basically a 30 35 member team that's uh, working on both the products till now incidentally you are the second guest on the show who don't have any product manager well as the traditionally defined product management function so my question is essentially to follow up on that is essentially the decision to not have a traditionally defined product management was it because you were not able to find anybody who can fit the role or was it your reluctance to kind of control the job definition and like reluctance to let go i think it was a combination of multiple things mm. uh, uh number one we felt that um we always feel that we are early in our product journey like mm. it's been 8 years uh, into the inshorts product but mm. we still feel that we are very early in our product journey and there are lots of uh, small small things uh, that are there that like a small small nuances are there in the uh, product and in the way we kind of make our product decisions mm. that is very hard to kind of train someone to do mm. you know mm. so uh, so i think that has been It, there is there are lots of subjectivities that mm. uh, go into this and i think it's very hard to kind of defend it by logic you know mm. so i think that has that flexibility has kept us very nimble so i think nimbleness is what we have always optimized for in terms of um, the team structure and i think uh, our our reluctance there was reluctance there is still reluctance but it mm. is mainly because of nimbleness uh, because abhi kya hai mere ko agar agar say for example a design head has some idea he has to talk to me he has to talk to the tech head and it will be live in 3 days mm-hmm. you know and we have worked with each other for 6 years mm-hmm. so uh, so that kind of comfort is and we can do ab tests like right? today ab doing ab tests and doing metrics and all is not very difficult mm-hmm. so uh, we have never felt the need to kind of uh, do that when there are when whenever we have had to face uh, some kind of uh, diagnosis oriented problems on the product that okay why is this happening right mm-hmm. there also we have seen that uh, both azhar and i have been able to drive a lot more value much faster as compared to anyone else in the team so i think uh, those things have kind of kind of made us think that okay we are not yet there in terms mm-hmm. of um, letting go this function so we have let go everything else in the team to everyone to senior people more understanding mm. people but product is something that we have kept close to us deepit is there also a certain marker or certain difference in terms of hiring that you look for in this kind of a setup uh, uh like it's that's very subjective you know like it's very hard to uh, uh, say so i think our approach to hiring one thing that has been very unique uh, for us is that 
uh, we have always tried to uh, have lesser people than the amount of work we have to do so we have not tried to have build for bench strength never in our history we have had bench strength like we are always people start you know so i think that's a very good place to be in chahe aap kisi bhi startup phase mein ho because that really pushes your boundaries uh, to think and prioritize that what is your priority right now what will make or break uh, thing so i think we, like having always lesser resources in terms of people uh, than what you can afford is has has helped us push our boundaries in fact uh, that has uh, it has also been kind of uh, our journey because uh, back in 2016 17 there was a time when we were really struggling it was initial days of revenues and uh, we were focused on the premium market segment of india but kitna ltv hoga kitna zyada hoga wo market average se it was not really there we had not proven it so we had to actually prove that out and we could not afford a very large team uh, so i think that also pushed us and kind of taught us the value of thinking like that uh, thinking much more frugally than you can afford to so does that impact the kind of people you target to hire in the sense like because seasoned industry engineers they might be in habit of dealing with a neatly written specs a program manager and all and then so yeah. do you really aim to hire people fresh out of college and all or like how's that experience been like so we don't hire out of fresh out of college in fact we have always gone for we always prefer lateral hires mm-hmm. uh, but we don't go in general unless we are looking for a, a leadership function mm-hmm. we have always gone for people who are going to uh, say who have say 3 4 years 5 years experience mm-hmm. uh, have a very high aptitude for the work that they, we want them to do like they want to be in that space for example if we are hiring a technology person we mm-hmm. need to know that that person is interested in the long term in technology if mm-hmm. we are hiring in the content function the person mm-hmm. should have hunger to grow in learn and push their boundaries in content you know i think that has been the one core thing that we have always been very careful of as long as the hunger is there as long as you have a decent 3 4 years experience we don't go for very senior e- even if you don't understand how we work that's okay we will train you we will kind of bring you like along as we grow so uh, in fact that has been helpful for us because uh, especially in the tech and product team our uh, attrition has been really low like people have stuck around for more than 4 years 5 years 6 years uh with the in our team so i think uh, so yeah so we have always gone for lateral hires and we've kind of within the team they have like they might have come in as a android developer then they became a back end developer then they became a full stack developer so we've kind of uh, our technology head anunaya manish both have kind of created that culture and and the other way around as well like a full stack developer back end developer has come and kind of become a lead for android right so i think uh, that uh, shifting of hats uh, has been uh, a learning experience for the team as well they also enjoy shifting of kind of pushing their boundaries and learning new and new skills uh, but kind of uh, but we have not very very much focused on ki acha android ke liye ab hire kar rahe hain to android ka hi experience person chahiye that has not been our style can you expand a bit more on the learning you have in a bit specific example how does the onboarding uh, process of an engineer 
uh, in, in yeah. short, might be different now that he has to take care of spec writing or product management function yeah. as a separate yeah. layer is not there. So how does uh, yeah. uh, product, like performance evaluation, onboarding, how does that kind of uniquely design yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, in terms of spec writing, uh, we have we don't have a very documented process. In fact, that has been our weakness. And internally also, we have been really... Uh, trying to think that how do we make sure because as I said like people are so less and priorities are always to deliver on the product spec writing has not really kind of come into our culture really well in fact that's a weakness I would like there's no shaming admitting that it has been very difficult for us uh, uh, to kind of in, like uh, have, make spec writing a part of our process Mm -hmm. uh, but what has uh, helped us is that uh, our design team has kind of stepped up really well uh, in terms of whenever there is like blue sky thinking that we are trying to do, the tech and the design and us are kind of thinking together so that we are completely in sync about what we are actually trying to achieve by this new release. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the design team kind of steps in in a big way, especially on the consumer side, to kind of say that, okay, this is the requirement that we have. Uh, on the backend side, uh, where the design requirement is not really uh, a big challenge, what has helped us really is that we have always been very uh, uh, micro-task oriented in our approach. Uh, that, okay, whatever we want to do, it's it's kind of agile in disguise, you can say. Like we, we say that, okay, whatever we want to implement, what is the top three priorities that I want to get solved today if possible, right? So... That is something that we'll release immediately. If something is something is not fitting that bill or we know that, okay, something is really important and it needs to be fixed, we try to find time between uh, various kind of releases that, okay, now we have some bandwidth. Whenever there is some bandwidth that emerges in the tech team for a long-term project, then we kind of dedicate uh, that time to. So it has been very much uh, people-driven exercise rather than a process-driven exercise. Uh, so I think that has uh, helped us in kind of creating a system. Now, when we hire a new engineer today, uh, obviously for that engineer, it's a very different environment, right? Like they, they if they are coming from an Amazon, right? They're, they are used to seeing like, so probably five page product specs, right? Like what to implement. So I think it's a very, uh, uh, it's a very different experience for them here. Uh, Abhitak, it has, uh, our uh, tech has a, head has kind of stepped up really well in kind of uh, bringing them up to speed on a day, on a weekly, daily basis. Uh, but we are still, uh, we are still in, I would say, we have not figured it out. We'll have to uh, figure out a way. And specs has, spec writing has really improved, I would say, over the last uh, six months, one year. We've uh, doing started doing much more spec writing. And the easiest way we've tried to see that, uh, that how to do spec writing is Use a, use a task management system, you know, like uh, at least if nothing happens, then the task list of archives will be archived where you will get So I think that is something that Asana or something has helped. Yeah, and you can look into the comments in the code also. Yes. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, Deepit, moving to the nuances of the product, uh, how does your new summarization engine work? How do you make it scalable? Uh, so, um, uh, so this is the big question that we have faced from our day one. That, okay, 
how is your new summarize how is this scalable because in initial days there was a, there was a lot of manual summarization that we used to do um obviously there is uh, the state of art of natural language summarization is not yet uh, at a stage where it is very easy for a consumer to consume a summary in what i mean by consume i uh, is that if so we've ab tested only a purely uh, nlp driven summary or a, uh, or a, a state of art uh, summarization algorithm if we pub kind of showcase to a user versus a completely manually driven summary there is a huge difference in the engagement levels uh, in the uh, in the performance and we have ab tested that across uh, different kinds of stories uh, what we've realized as a good uh, kind of um, intermediate uh, path is that all long tail stories on the platform will be completely auto summarized because those are stories which a person is reading after the person has already read through the top 50 60 70 stories of the day and then a person is going into stories that the person is really interested in that category like if i am a cricket buff and i want to read everything that has happened in cricket then only i go to those auto summarized content section on my feed uh, so long tail go for uh, completely auto summarization on the uh, on those 20% stories which are getting 80% of your viewership on those stories we definitely do some copy edits but it is still aligned with uh, the source of the article uh, our process is designed in such a way that uh, it the a person cannot change too many phrases or key sentiments of the uh, original story in fact most of our stories are very tone deaf uh, in the sense that if you start consuming uh, our platform whether a person ray ha a has copy edited or a person b has copy edited you won't see any visible uh, difference in the way the story is performing or the story from a user point of view there is practically no difference so i think that has been a very uh, uh, core part of the way we have designed the processes and speaking of engagement uh, in shorts has readership across tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 audiences have you seen any differences in terms of engagement or readership between these audiences and generally user behavior so uh, so it's actually untrue in shorts is most like 90% of our audiences come from the top 20 cities of india so it's a very much uh, a premium uh, very urban first product uh public on the other hand is a very tier 3 tier 2 first product in fact ek public app ka usage state capital mein bhi nahi hota hai uske baad se wo shuru hota hai so uh, that's how like complementary these two products are to each other matlab state capital tak in shorts ka khatam ho jata hai aur public ka wahan se shuru hota hai so that's was it a conscious call on your part or is it something which emerged from user acquisition so uh, what was conscious was definitely that we were since we did not get exposure to the bharat audience in a big way on in shorts product we wanted to get exposure to that audience uh, but what bharat is not a homogeneous audience in itself right like a tier 3 may be aapke there are a rich tier 3 there are a middle tier 3 and there is a uh, almost uh, struggling to get their daily earnings kind of tier 3 right so uh, that was not a very conscious call that which among the bharat audience is the public ka audience that was not a very conscious call uh, 
uh, we did a discovery. It was completely a discovery for us. Uh, but uh, this was definitely conscious that we needed to innovate for the Bharat audience. And Deepit, in the last sort of seven, eight years, uh, there have been a lot of trends in the content space. Uh, there is short form video content. There are those detailed stories that Ken and Morning Context are doing. Uh, InShorts mm -hmm. has been consistent across the years with the 60 word text summary value proposition that uh, has been given. Was that like a conscious call? Uh, did you have? Did you decide on pivots on between and then decide against them? So um, we feel that even if we innovate on uh, content formats, uh, the current content format, the dominant content format on our application is going to be dominant in the near future at least. We don't see that format going away anywhere for the next five years at least. Uh, obviously, content consumption patterns evolve very fast, so it's very hard to predict. Uh, but as of now, we don't see any signs of the format not being suitable. Uh, the simple reason is that uh, what other formats can you think about, right? Like you can think about a very infographic uh, imagery first approach. Then you can think about a video first approach. And then you can think about an audio first approach, right? So these are the three broad categories of evolution of the format. Now, uh, if you see our insights series, that's the educational series that we do on the product, that is a very image first approach or a slightly animated interactive kind of image first approach. Uh, I can tell you that if the product had to have 100 such uh, uh, stories on the platform, the data consumption is something that the people won't be comfortable today, even today. So uh, they are okay to uh, get browse a lot of data for uh, video first content, which is entertainment, which is entertaining but users are still not ready to, by and large users are not ready to spend a lot of the data bandwidth on information yet, unless it's something to do with education. Uh, so I think that's where uh, uh, our call for not pivoting the, the uh, for dominant format has uh, kind of taken seed in. And the second factor that we've also observed is that the use case that we try to offer, right? You come to the app anywhere you are. You don't have to put an earphone. You don't even have to put an earphone, right? You can be anywhere. You can be in an office. You can be in a silent zone. You can be in a lift. You can be in the loo. You can be anywhere. And within, and if you just come for two minutes, even we'll, we'll even make your two minutes worth your time. In two minutes, we can serve you like 20 stories, right? So I think, and with enough attention to each story. So I think make this core use case that making your two minutes worth your time has been uh, not possible in any other content format. So our core content format and our core use case actually fit together really well. And in terms of the, the news that you serve, do you also do a, a veracity and authenticity check on it? Uh, do you have some detection algorithms for fake news? Yeah. So uh, on the veracity thing, so we in general only go for uh, brands uh, on the InShorts product, we only have brands on the platform, uh, very established brands whose trust people can rely on. Obviously, at the, day, the way fake news has affected the ecosystem today, it's very hard to 
go for um, uh, like hundred percent accurate stories. Uh, but what happens is that in general, what we've seen that uh, the way our uh, algorithms are, they are not very much breaking news first oriented. That is not that it's 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 not that uh, we don't send notifications immediately, for example. Like our, our our content consumption does not depend on breaking the first story. Our content consumption depends on sending you the right notification. So which is relevant for you or at least relevant for a sizable audience on the platform. So uh, so we have never been in that. So, so fake news kind of spreads really uh, uh, like a wildfire where you are always trying to break the first story and suddenly Kuchaya, which sounds explosive, it, it suddenly gets notified to all your users and all your users then share ahead and then some, somehow suddenly a fake news has spread to millions and millions of people in the country, right? We, our platform is not designed for that. So uh, we have not faced that problem on the platform. Right. And a uh, very interesting point that you mentioned that your content consumption depends on uh, just sending the right notification at the right timing. Uh, how does your sort of uh, discovery funnel for the content look like? Is it through notifications primarily? Like most come through, come in through notifications and then the feed and then the categories organically? Uh, no, so that's not uh, correct. So our primer, primary uh, uh, way of content consumption on the platform is, uh, uh, is via organic sessions, uh, which people create. Uh, obviously notifications help in getting the extra mileage out of your audience. Uh, but a sizable number of uh, sessions are, I think I, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong, I think it's about 70% of our uh, sessions are organic uh, uh, sessions. So, uh, uh, so that has been a very core part of our uh, use case, actually, that uh, 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 like we've always, so initial days, we were not sending so many notifications. So kind of the platform got designed in a way that, okay, you come to the platform, you browse a lot of stories, and then you kind of uh, uh, go back and then you come again, come to the platform. So it's, it was a very high frequency, organically opening behavior that we tried to reward and design around. And that has kind of like small, small things in that kind of paid off in the longer run. Obviously, notifications do help in getting people to in the initial days. So for example, if we know that in the first three weeks, if we do not send notifications, then it impacts retention in a big way. But for a user who has stuck around, uh, who has kind of stuck around for say the first month, after that notifications does not impact the retention in a big way. It's more about your core uh, feed experience and whether the user is getting the relevant stories, whether the personalization algorithm is working for the user, those things start taking the dominant uh, effect on the on the user's retention metrics. Yes, and what is so to say the peak hour or peak time of news consumption in India? And does it sort of change across multiple cities? No, it's not like that. It's a little bit increases in the night and increases in lunch time. And it's even out during COVID. Uh, so hmm. uh, it's very marginal, like 2, 3%, 5% change. Uh, India uh, like from 1 to 5, there will hardly be any 
consumption sessions uh, uh, but apart from that uh, it's pretty much uniform it starts from 8 am it's pretty much flat throughout the day uh, also speaking of your feed i personally uh, really like the recommendations that come through it's always very on point a good mix of categories and everything uh, can you share how do you sort of categorize content for a user what are the markers that you use to create your recommendation engine and populate the feed yeah so i think uh, the primary marker for us has always been time spent data uh, so how much time you spend on each content uh, kind of gives us the first signal around how you are kind of um, how much you are interested in the story but there are a lot of nuances in this time spent data like if you just start comparing time spent data of two stories uh, by the raw data it won't work it will mess up your algorithms in a big way uh, there are nuances that you try to normalize in that data so for example uh, say you were uh, you opened the app at some leisure time right us time pe ek story jo aapke liye utni interest ki nahi bhi hogi shayad aap usme thoda sa zyada time spend karenge right but if uh, you opened the app in a hurry right like okay you just have one minute you quickly browse through उस टाइम पे एक आपकी इंटरेस्ट की स्टोरी पे भी आप शायद थोड़ा सा कम टाइम स्पेंड करेंगे तो आइडेंटिफाइंग दो सेशन एंड नॉर्मलाइजिंग द टाइम स्पेंड डेटा फॉर ईच ऑफ दो सेशन सो दैट दे बिकम कंपेरेबल अक्रॉस सेशन इज रियली रियली इंपॉर्टेंट दैट हाउ डू वी काइंड हाउ विथ हाउ मच कॉन्फिडेंस आर बी एबल टू सेट ओके दिस सेशन वॉज अरिड हरिड सेशन फॉर उत्कर्ष एंड दिस सेशन वॉज लाइक अ लेजरली सेशन फॉर उत्कर्ष यू नो एंड हाउ मच नॉर्मलाइजेशन डू वी अप्लाई the data gives us those things like if we want to go drill down and find out how much normalization we could apply we can arrive at that at that very easily but doing building this into the algorithm and finding these nuances is really tough uh, so that that kind of helped us so uh, in fact this is the first time i think we have uh, last year is the first time we have kind of uh, allowed users to give some sort of explicit feedback on the on your uh, consumption patterns because what we realized was that a lot of users were spending uh, time on a certain kind of content on which they didn't want to spend time even though that was there for example this happens with a lot of entertainment oriented stories they they like reading it they like spending out time on it but when if given a conscious choice they wouldn't like to do it you know so i think that is when we, that we first time realized that there is value in explicit feedback and we should allow users to give it and that also we did in a very intuitive way so if you go to our app and you click on uh, the card you will see there is a colored circle at the bottom left uh, of the page uh, and that colored circle is has three color codes it's either a yellow or a green or a red and green means that you are as as might be already intuitive to you that you want all stories of that category yellow means you want only major stories and red means i don't want such stories so for example even if i am a heavy consumer of entertainment content but i really don't feel good about myself that okay i was i spent so much time on just stories that i didn't want to spend time on i can go and mark entertainment category stories as red after that my stories won't show red uh, entertainment category stories at all nice is it safe to assume then that some obvious markers such as uh, category specific consumption or geography of the user are not very strongly correlated with their engagement or time spent uh so uh, yes that is a uh, broadly you can say that for geography definitely uh but 
it is not it, at an aggregate level both these uh, as both these claims are true but at a user level or particular for a particular user segments and particular stories these may not be true for example if there is something that happens in delhi uh, delhi users will have a disproportionate uh, chances of consuming those stories as compared to a mumbai user so that is definitely something that we have seen across cities so uh, some stories which are of uh, very high relevance in a city for example if there is a protest right a protest story will be consumed much more in delhi because it's the protest is happening happening in delhi than a mumbai or a chennai right so i think those uh, those things definitely happen but at an aggregate level there is no such trends that we have seen it all gets kind of normalized and evened out depict uh, the number of short form you you see you know tiktok uh, comps that came out you know since they were banned there was also rumor that you guys were thinking of one is that true or no such plans so currently we do not have any such plans uh, mm-hmm. but we are a product company so uh, a lot of our experiments are uh, by design silent mm-hmm. experiments and stealth experiments Uh, to get primary data obviously we do a lot of secondary research also but there is no way to do, get uh, primary data than experimenting so we are very fast at experimenting products mm-hmm. uh, but we felt that uh, that category is something that we don't think it's as simple as making a tiktok clone there is more uh, defensibility and intelligence in building a tiktok uh, than just uh, getting the creators and like it takes time to get the uh, get your followers and that you know that entire database that who will follow whom and mm-hmm. what kind of content is it was proprietary for tiktok to use that is that cannot be replicated Hard overnight to replicate. yeah 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 so, but how do you see these companies like tiktok what they have done you know just they're still very strong in the us there uh, there in fact there was kaishu also that went out public are equally yes. uh, astounding valuation how do you see these companies what have they built in the back end as media company to media company uh so i think uh, the chinese way of building these products uh what i have fig- understood from uh, other investors and mm-hmm. speaking to some of these founders uh is that they have a very um uh so a lot of the entire workforce in the startup community in china has been doing these kind of consumer tech products for some time now like it's been almost more than decades of investment continuous investment in building consumer tech companies that they were able to create a tiktok you know mm-hmm. and abidance was able to create a tiktok not even like an upstart right abidance already was a big uh, a company in china before mm-hmm. they kind of were able to do the investments necessary to build a tiktok so i think it's uh, it's uh, it's early stages in india right now we do not uh, yet have the uh, the scale of so many engineers ai engineers ml engineers uh, in india present currently uh, to mm-hmm. kind of just the sheer scale of availability of skill i think mm-hmm. is the core uh, core asset that they have built over i think more than two decades now so in Correct. fact i i had written an oped uh, sometime i think 2 3 years back around ai and how china has inculcated uh, math intelligence and ai intelligence from really early on and their investments are paying off right now so i think it will be it will take some time for us to kind of get there 
Yeah, we had um, an interview with Anuj Rati of Swiggy, and he separated out the weapon builder and the soldiers, you know, in the team, in the tech team. Uh, but media companies, again, in general, are very operations heavy. So, do yeah. do you, uh, in, in short, separate out the weapon builders from the soldiers? And how do you do that separation? So, I think um, it's a very um, uh, subjective question. Uh, mm-hmm. In general, we've tried to. So, obviously, there are. If we, if if I just separate out, speak for one function at a time. we've always tried to make sure that the best soldiers become the weapon builders in a way mm-hmm. in a particular function obviously one function differs from another function uh uh in uh, different ways but uh, we do not have uh, an explicit culture of separate weapon builders and soldiers like in general we've tried to incentivize good soldiering to become weapon builders you know mm-hmm. i think that is really important Can you talk a bit about your growth strategy? I mean, uh, what's driving you know some of the growth uh, sources of user acquisitions? Yeah. So I think uh, uh, both on uh, it's been very different for both in shorts as well as uh, uh, for public. For mm-hmm. in shorts, uh, uh, what re- has really helped us uh, is that we have been very consistent with our product offering and uh, uh, mm. that our messaging about short news. has taken seed into the uh, into our community of metro or top 10 city younger users in a big way and that has kind of that that was very much in sync with our brand name in shorts and that has built a very strong goodwill around our brand and today like most of our audiences uh, are always like since last 4 years 70% of our uh, uh, users acquired have always been organic uh so uh and every year that number is increasing because our uh, uh percentage growth numbers have also been increasing on a at a d like a dau level like uh if it if you are going if you were growing x percent in year minus 3 from today uh in the current year we have grown at z percent and z is much higher than x so mm-hmm. that branding and that uh layer of brand that we were able to build very organically without doing any kind of brand spends has been really good for us uh, uh and uh, it has only been because of the consistency of the offering like if a user uh, uh talks about if i tell you about in shorts today and a third person tells you about in shorts say in two years and then you feel like downloading it kind of all comes together you know uh, mm-hmm. but for public it has been very different for public uh, the growth strategy has been very much about how much hyper local uh, value can we create for the users uh, because uh, if you see a tier 3 uh, india has about 725 districts each district has about 15 odd urban centers and india's 50 to 60% population at an aggregate level lives in these urban centers obviously in the more urbanized states it is much higher and the less urbanized states it is lower uh even people who say that hum kisi gaon mein hai ya hum kheti karte hain have gradually started moving their families more and more near the ur- closest urban center mm-hmm. and these 10000 urban centers is like the hub of activity you know the best hospital district hospital will be there or the urban center hospital will be there school will be there market will be there so it's like a population of roughly 1.5 lakh people in that uh, urban center 1 1 and 1/2 lakh people in that urban center who are using the same 
services they are probably going to the same doctor they know the same teachers they know the same uh, chai wala and samosa wala but uh, our, they did not have a digital platform to kind of mm-hmm. build a community you know so i think that was something that was really missing that we what about uh, local languages dipit what about the what is like the tam for local languages how much does that drive growth yes so uh, incidentally we have gone beyond so what has a video first approach helps us uh, with on a product like public is that mm-hmm. india has about 28 29 languages but india has 1500 dialects uh, and because of a video first approach even in bihar uh, a bhojpuri area person is able to get content in bhojpuri and a, a mathli mithilanchal area person is able to get content in myth, like mathli you know uh so yeah. i think that's the level of hyper local uh push that we have been able to uh do on public so i think that has been really a very any any rough uh, you know any rough cut like you were doing the estimation on the districts and you know how many urban centers what part of the population is there any you know such rule of thumbs on the local language opportunity uh so i think uh, if we are uh, talking about video first uh, mm-hmm. content uh, i think there is the the local language opportunities all there is you know mm-hmm. in the indian market but if we are talking about a textual first opportunity right for example reading news reading content i think there uh, the it's much more dumped down like because uh, what we've been seeing is that uh, news reading as a culture in india has been very much part of our family system where a father will always tell their a kids or a mother will always tell their kids to read news you know and as a part of their education and as a part of bringing them up uh, and our education parameters have always been that okay we'll go for english education for better jobs and better opportunities etc so consistently english adoption and english reading skills have been improving in the country and they're still improving they're still rising and english if a person is an english reader it also indicates it in a very good way about their uh, socio economic classification and the kind of uh, uh, spending capacity that they bring onto the table which is a really valuable commodity for the advertiser so uh, i think for an in shorts it is a very good thing that we did that we went on an english first approach obviously we have local languages but we knew very well that the revenue and the profitability is come is going to come from english on a public kind of a platform it's completely opposite because video mein main bhi aapse baat kar raha hu to kabhi kabhi mere muh se hindi nikalta hai you know i'm more comfortable expressing some something in hindi and that is the first thing like when we go watch movies we'll rather watch a hindi movie or a, a even good content on the ott platforms hindi will work much better than english content because that will have a much wider appeal so i think differentiating video versus text is really important when we talk about local languages got it we always end the episode dipit with some rapid fire they're very simple they're not like the karan johar coffee show not going to embarrass you but just get to know you a little better so yeah. uh, just you know quick ones what's your favorite book if anything comes to mind anything you're reading if like recently uh so i think uh, my favorite book has been sapiens uh mm-hmm. i uh, that has been a uh, i think a mind bending i that is the word i would use a uh, book that i have uh, been able to uh, read recently obviously it was a mix of reading and uh, uh, audio book consumption mm-hmm. uh, i heard the audible uh, on the sapiens is really yeah. good 
yes yes it's really it's it's really good in the way the intonations and all uh but i think uh, sapiens what it has done really well is uh, okay i'll stop i think it's a rapid fire <laughs> favorite philosopher if any uh i would say that uh still still trying to find one obviously okay. there have been romances earlier but <laughs> currently there is a void got it got it my wife would scene? be a good answer okay we'll ask her uh <laughs> so any ceo or product leader that you admire in india um i think uh, all said and done i think uh, what sachin bansal was able to do in the market um, i think it's no, sometimes not about as people say you know uh, if, if we should we should talk about the other sachin here as well what sachin tendulkar did at a time uh, when india's india's cricket team was at a particular position even if all records of his are broken he will have a very special place so i think the same is for sachin bansal true true totally and uh, same for any global ceo or product leader i uh, i find uh, reed hastings really really good uh, mm-hmm. especially because uh, of his philosophy of how he has um, been able to monopolize very small use cases and then transitioning into bigger and bigger use cases i think that is a philosophy i uh, try mm-hmm. to inculcate in my business thinking as well yeah and there's a book also recently that's come out uh, yes. that he has co-written with uh, with someone with a nci yes. professor and uh, last one uh, looking back uh, so far anything that you would have done differently any paths that you would have uh, regretted not taking or taking yes i think uh, it's the same answer for azhar me anyone uh, in the team it's that uh, back in 2016 we suddenly raised our series b funding and uh, it was 20 million dollars we mm-hmm. had uh, it was a very different space market was in a euphoria and i think we spent about 9 million dollars in one year and then we didn't spend the next 11 million dollars in five years so uh so i think that was one thing that we really learned in a very hard way so mm-hmm. yeah i think we we will never forget that it has brought us it has changed us as uh, as as entrepreneurs it has uh, i hope a lot of people are listening given that uh, there also many people are now beneficiaries of big checks but they also are think going about spending 9 million a year or you know multiples of but that but the market has changed you know like now 9 yeah. million means probably 90 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely that's all uh, in terms of questions but but thank you so much for being on slingshot really appreciate your time and all the knowledge you shared today thank you thanks thanks rahul thanks prashant thanks utkarsh it was great to chat and the questions were really uh, i was i was telling prashant earlier as well that this sort of a product first uh, uh, podcast i have not come across in india and it will be really interesting to uh, uh, kind of consume more of this uh, and thank you for uh, calling me on the show